It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Snap, Dalton from the end zone, throws it deep downfield, and it is intercepted in midfield. Dante Jackson with his second interception of the game. The Panthers will take over at the 50, intended for John Ross, never really made a move for the ball, and Dante Jackson just waiting for it. Comes up with his second interception of the game and his third in three NFL games. What the hell are you doing, John Ross? You gave up on the play. You can't quit your route. Andy Dalton's trying to get the ball down the field to you. You just stop running. You got you to finish the play. Run your route and challenge for the football. You can't quit like that. That's Dan Horde and Dave Lapham on the call, and welcome into the Locked on Bengals podcast. That's the Bengals Radio Network, by the way. You're going to hear some highlights in this podcast. Unfortunately, there were plenty of lowlights as well. This is your daily Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. Bengals lose to the Panthers 31-21, to fall to 2-1 and on the year. I guess the, the good news, if there is good news, is that regardless of what happens tomorrow night, the Bengals will remain in first place in the AFC North for a second consecutive week. The bad news is, is A.J. Green got hurt. The offense certainly missed Joe Mixon, certainly was lost at times without A.J. Green in Andy Dalton could only rely on a couple guys. And that led, uh, along with some defensive issues, not being able to stop the run. The Bengals allowed 230 yards rushing, led to their first loss of the season. We're going to recap all things Bengals-Panthers here today. You're going to hear from Marvin Lewis. You're going to hear from Tyler Boyd, who had a big day. Uh, And we're going to hear some highlights as well, and you're going to get my thoughts. The reason I played that, that highlight, or low light there, rather, Carolina Panthers highlight, if you want to call it that. Uh, and it, it's simple because that's the play you're probably thinking about. That's the play that despite the A.J. Green injury, despite the defense getting roasted for much of the day, despite all of that, the Bengals still had a chance. They were very much in the game. They had the ball with a shade over four minutes to go in the game with a chance to tie. And uh, first a penalty and then a throw to John Ross where he quit. I'm, I'm going I'm that's that's the reality of it and I know it's not the normal studio microphone I'm recording from my home office most Sunday podcasts will be that way I'll be recording from home he quit he quit on the play I'm not I'm not sugarcoating it I said it on Twitter I don't know how else uh you expect me to say it he quit on the play John Ross quit on the play is that the only reason the Bengals lost no could he have prevented it an Andy Dalton interception yes did I love the throw no I thought it was a bad throw I, it was a bad throw. Ross quit on the play, and he was within like four yards of the throw. Where where was the route? What route was he supposed to run? Let's say he, because I've seen this on Twitter. Oh, well, he ran the wrong route. Okay. Well, what route was he supposed to run where he was going to be where Andy threw it? There's just no way. So it was a bad decision by Andy. But John Ross quit, and that's why the, the ball was picked off. If Ross fights for it, 
then that doesn't have to be an interception. I didn't see the first one. I've seen people complain about the first one as well. On the TV broadcast, they only showed it once, live. They didn't show another replay, so I'm not sure what happened there. But but honestly, you just you can't have that. I get it. I totally understand it. And I'm getting the tweets, and that comes with the territory as well because I'm one of the John Ross guys. I, I'm someone who's stood by John Ross and said he was the right pick, etc. This is when he can prove it. Look, in life, you you get hit. There's been plenty of times uh, in any that any successful person ha- doesn't have success, where you are down on your luck. How you respond is important. So, John Ross, how are you going to respond? That is my question. How do you respond? A, a year ago, a year and nine days ago, Tyler Boyd was inactive. He was a healthy scratch. He was completely healthy, and the Bengals said, no, Tyler, we don't want you in there. He rebounded from that and is now one of Andy Dalton's go-to guys. He's Andy Dalton's safety net, as I like to say. This can go really one of two ways, and it's up to John Ross. And honestly, what I need to see from Ross and something that I'm certainly concerned about, I guess my my one concern with him, it's not his physical ability or his mental capability of learning the playbook, all that. I think all that's there. It's the... The dog in him. It's the uh, F everybody. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make this dude look silly because I have the ability to. And guys, you know who has that is like Deshaun Jackson. He has that. He's going to go after you. And even though you weigh 150 pounds more than him, he's not afraid. And he's going to go after you and go after you and go after you and go after you. I just need to see John Ross respond to this the right way and responding to it the right way is by working his tail off is by telling Andy it's not going to happen again and it's by showing it on the field I mean anytime Ross does something bad or anything I get the tweets that's fine I thought his he was having an okay game up until that last play it wasn't great by any stretch and it wasn't like he was making game-changing plays but he was okay he, was, he made a couple catches, had a big third down red zone catch in the first half. Need to see more. Had three receptions on the day, was targeted seven times. You need to see more. Uh, one was a throwaway. One was a deep ball where he didn't hit the gear that he was expecting to hit. I, I don't think he got as fast as he wanted to, and it was just out, out, past his outstretched arms. I get that. That's going to happen. Incompletions are going to happen. As are miscommunications with the quarterback. You can't give up on the play. Andy Dalton's going to have bad throws. Andy Dalton's going to throw picks. A.J. Green's going to have drops. All of that stuff happens. So is Ross. The one thing that can't happen is you can't quit. And he quit on the play. He didn't think the ball was coming to him. Um, partially because I, I, the ball was thrown behind him. I mean, again, if you re, if you watch the play, clearly Andy and Ross, they have the, their issues. They need to work out their communication issues and figure it out and make sure they're on the same page. Because I think he has the physical ability. But his ability to respond to this is critical and it's crucial for the 2018 Bengals and it's crucial for the Bengals offense because he brings something, whether you like it or not, that no one else on this team has. And if he can add that wrinkle into this offense, it would be huge. That being said, he hasn't brought it yet. And today would have been a good day to do it with A.J. Green out. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Let's dive into this game. And A.J. Green out. 
Uh, A.J. Green went down in the, at the start of the third quarter, uh, finished with five receptions for 58 yards, had a long uh, reception of 31 yards. And he talked with Dave Lapham on the Bengals post-game show. Excuse me, he talked to Dan Hordix uh, on the Bengals post-game show. And here, uh, here's A.J. Green on his injury and more with Bengals play-by-play man Dan Horde. It just came down, came down hard. Uh, just probably like a bruise, but we'll see what it is. A bruise, did you say? Yeah, just like a bruise, uh, pelvis bone, and then we'll see. I, sh- I should be fine. Um, right now, I'm just a little sore, uh, so we'll, we'll see tomorrow. You got up and did some jogging. It looked like you wanted to try to test it, but it just didn't uh, feel better. Yeah, it was just you know still uh, you know pain still in it. Um, you know, as I, I sat down, it got a little better after a while, but. Still was still hurting a little bit, but I should be fine. It shouldn't be nothing serious. Looking at the game, moved the ball very well through the air for most of the day. Um, unfortunately, that's a difficult offense to stop on the other end. Yeah, we, you know, we killed ourselves. Um, had three turnovers, uh, so it's nothing, you know, they really did. We we moved the ball very well. Um, just you know, just had a couple turnovers, um, but. Like I said, we, you know, you're going to have games like this. Um, that's one thing about this team, and we're not going to put our head down because we knew, you know, we didn't have those turnovers. We we would have been in the game. So. Did you get the sense pretty early on it was going to be a shootout-type game? You know, that's, you know, my, our job is to score points. You know, that's all, that's all we look at on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, if they can't stop us, you know, they can't win. So you know, just, we just out there trying to score points. Looked like you were pretty excited on the sideline for some of the things Tyler Boyd was doing. Yeah, you know, TB man, has got to see and grow from a, you know, from a boy to a man right now, and he's playing unbelievable. Um, you know, I wish I was still out there, man, because I feel like you know, if I was out there, we had a better chance to go out there, and you know. But it's just tough to see, you know, to sit on the sideline and watch my, you know, my brother struggle. But you know, it happened. I should be back next week. You're sitting on that Gatorade uh, container. Is that a, a really frustrating place for you to be when the team's trying to come back? Yeah, it's tough. I didn't want to be, you know, near the offense because I'd be just getting getting matter. But um, I was watching from the sidelines. Um, I mean, from the Gatorade. So um, it's, it was tough. It was tough, but uh, I'll be fine. Hopefully, he will be fine. That's Dan Horde with AJ Green Bengals Radio Network after the game. And look, it, you're not going to win many games on the road against the Carolina Panthers team that is that good at home. When you allow 230 yards rushing on one end and you're without Joe Mixon and A.J. Green on the other. That, that is just the reality of it. That is just the reality. As, as much as we want to say, oh, well, it had to do with this one thing or, or this other thing. No Mixon, no Green. I, I get it. The, the offense should have been fine and looked fine when it had Green in there. Without Green, that's such a huge part of your offense. It changes everything. He's still the man. He's still the guy. And without the man, without the guy, it's going to be tough at times for this Bengals offense. Hopefully he's right and he's able to suit up against Atlanta next week. If not, going to be tough sledding, I think, again for the Bengals offense. There was a report Jason LaConfora said uh, this morning that, that Joe Mixon could potentially return next week. I would be pretty shocked about that. Not saying it's not true, not saying it's not possible. If that happens, I would be very shocked. I, I would expect week five to be more realistic. Um, at minimum, and uh, I thought a, a max of a month. Um, so we'll we'll see. It, it would be great if he could for this Bengals offense, especially if AJ Green's out. I'm just not sure that's going to be the case. I'm James Rapine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're going to get some of your voicemails coming up. 
I'm also going to give my thoughts on the, on the Bengals defense, and you're going to hear from Carlos Dunlap and Marvin Lewis as we roll on. But first, I got to tell you about my bookie because who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. One line that I like, last I saw is the Steelers were one-point underdogs. If you can get the Steelers tomorrow night, Monday night football, I know they're on the road against Ryan Fitzmagic, and there's that trade report with Le'Veon Bell. I'm all for the Steelers. I love them. I think they're going to win tomorrow and get to 1-1-1 on the year. I'd only recommend a service uh, that's been good to me, and it'll be good to you as well. That's why you make your way to my bookie. They have in-game betting, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKED ON25. To activate the offer. Again, visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Bengals defense got shredded. Uh, After their opening stop, they allowed four touchdowns. Four straight. I think think it was four in six possessions. Four touchdowns in six possessions besides the end of the half. That, That, to me, is it's indefensible. I did not expect that at all. I did not expect them to have the issues on the ground with Christian McCaffrey that they did. He had 28 carries for 184 yards and a long of 45. Cam Newton ran it 10 times for 36 yards as well. And, and honestly, I looked at that that Bengals defense, and for the first time this year, it's apparent they're really missing Vontaze Perfect. Really missing Vontaze Perfect. Preston Brown was also out today. I expected him to play. A little shocking. I expect him to be out there against Atlanta. But that's rough. I mean, that that is the... The key to this and, and the key to getting everything back together, I think, defensively, and this defense taking the next step is you got to get Vontez back and you got to get Preston Brown back and you need those linebackers to be more effective. That's certainly the weakness of this defense right now. And that, along with not being able to get off the field on third down, is the key here. I mean, that is the key to the entire, to exactly what. Um, Carolina did. I mean, they were able to convert third downs. I do not have them in front of me, but uh, they were able to get get first down after first down on third down. I remember third and eight that they got out, um, off the field on, and, and I'm pulling them up now. Yeah, they were six of 13 on third down. That That's 50%. You can't have that. Nearly 50%. And, and one of them was just a run that they gave to the Bengals. At one point, I think they were four of six on third down. This Bengals defense needs to find a way. They do. And uh, they didn't today. They didn't force any turnovers. Uh, 
Dre Kirkpatrick had a drop. It was apparent that they were attacking Dre at times during the game. It, it hurt him. It, it hurt him, and they need to find a way to alleviate that because it seems like teams are just looking where Dre is and targeting that, and that's that's going to stink. I mean, especially next week. You got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu. I mean, it, it doesn't get much. I don't know if Devin Funches, the, the Carolina Panthers' leading receiver, I don't even know if he'd be on the field for Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, would he beat out Muhammad Sanu? I, I wouldn't say that for sure. He certainly wouldn't beat out Calvin Ridley, the first-round pick, or Julio Jones. So, uh, to me, it, it's going to be a, an interesting week next week against Atlanta. And, and they lost today as well in overtime at home to the Saints. Hard to imagine them losing back-to-back home games. Just a, a quick look ahead. But yeah, this defense, it was below average. Honestly, one guy that was uh, certainly showed up, one guy that made his impact felt, one guy that almost forced a turnover with a strip sack was Carlos Dunlap. He also had a big pass deflection on fourth down, and he talked uh, on the Bengals postgame show earlier today. Here's Carlos. It's an early season. It's a long season, and now it's a 13-game season. I mean, he already knows that. I was just communicating to him because, you know, he's the key to the offense. Yeah. You know what Cam Newton's going to do. He's done it, but why was he able to do the things that you wanted to prevent today? Um, you know, you just got to be disciplined. You know, they they caught us in a couple of bad positions, and they make a play. This NFL, you know, their players going to make plays too, regardless. So you just got to eliminate as uh, many of them as you can, and we didn't do a good job of that today. How much tougher is it to have a game that you had many opportunities to win and could have come out of here with three and zero? Yeah, we, we definitely had our opportunities, um, you know, uh, got the strip stack, you know, I got to do a better job of holding Cam so that he can't recover the ball. Uh, I could have did that better, you know, or we could have just, you know, there's a lot of things that we could have done, little things like that, you know, we're going to catch it on tape, we're going to adjust to it and, you know, take that with us in the future as we move on to the Falcons. But right now we're going to look at the keys and look at the mistakes and look at the things we could have done better. So we acknowledge it, and then we're going to let it go and move on to the Falcons because we got a long season. Did it feel like you were just that close to getting that big play that maybe would have turned things? Absolutely. I mean, I hope it looked like that too. We were, I felt like we were that close. We just we got to get it. Is there any one play you take away that maybe could have changed the game? Uh, no, they all accumulated, you know, until until them winning the big game. You know, it was a bunch of little plays, little things that they did that, you know, worked to their benefit. And, you know, they we don't play it. them again, but, um, you know, it's a learning experience. They threw it to Christian a ton last week. Today they handed it to him. Did that surprise you at all? No. Uh, Christian's a great running back. <laughs> it doesn't matter how they get it to him. We know that they like to get the ball to him. Um, so that didn't surprise us much. Trying to defend that option when Christian is the, the outlet. You got Cam and Christian. It's you know it's a tough it's a tough thing, but you got to be disciplined. Anytime it's an option, you just got to be disciplined as defense. You know, no, no matter how many times how effective it is, you know, we just got to do our job individually. Don't try to do somebody else's job when you see something going. Not that we did that today. We just gotta. Just got to be disciplined. As we talked about earlier in the defense, I mean, early on in, uh, in the week, we just got to, you know, uh, do a better job of that, and we'll be good. We're still good. We were, in a, we were in a tough football game, a tough environment, and we had opportunities to win. We just didn't capitalize. That's Carlos Dunlap after the game with reporters, that courtesy of Dan Horde in the Bengals radio network. And, yeah, I mean, that's 
Look, the defense was bad today. It just was. And it was a tough environment, like Carlos said. But it was uncharacteristic of them to a certain degree. And part of that's just when you have Hardy Nickerson in there, Nick Vigil in there, and linebackers in there that wouldn't get as much playing time if Preston Brown and Vontez Burfick were on the field. At some point, it's going to hurt you. I, I talked about it earlier this week. At some point, the injuries catch up with you. When you go from maybe an A- minus in Joe Mixon to a B-plus in Giovanni Bernard. When you go from a B-minus in, in Trey Hopkins or, or a, a B-minus in Billy Price to a C-plus in Trey Hopkins. You have a bunch of those little things. And then you ha- lose A.J. Green, who's one of your game changers. And note, we haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but no Vontez Perfect. It takes its toll, especially against a, a run-heavy team like the Carolina Panthers, and it cost the Bengals today. It did, and it's uh, it, it's just the reality of it. Now, can the Bengals rebound? I think so. It's going to be tough to do it in Atlanta, and I think it depends a lot on the health of A.J. Green and Joe Mixon and Preston Brown because if, if you can get A.J. back and Preston back, that would be huge. Without him, it's going to be tough. It certainly is going to be tough for them to go to Atlanta and win in an environment like that. Here's the thing, though. They cannot be – and Andy threw it at the end of the game. It was an interception, a Hail Mary. It didn't matter. But they were minus four today in turnovers. The Bengals came into the game plus three. It was second in the NFL in turnover differential. Minus four today. Now on the year, minus one. They're going to have to turn the Falcons over next week if they have a, a chance – to win that game or just to give themselves a chance. That's a game I'll be at, by the way, um, flying down the day of, flying back the day of. So we will have a Locked on Bengals podcast next Sunday, and I will be at the game. So that'll be an interesting one for sure. Here's uh, Marvin Lewis. He talked with Dave Lapham on the Bengals post-game show. Here is uh, Lap and Marvin Lewis after the game. Coach, I know this doesn't ring real well right now, but I do want to wish you a happy birthday. And uh, you're, it's a... It's a uh, it's a milestone milestone birthday for you. Well, Dave, one milestone day here today, so that's what counts. I hear that. What's your what's your first? What's your knee jerk reaction to what you saw unfold? Well, we didn't play well enough on defense, you know, throughout the ball game, and, and particularly early on, we had plays we played very well and plays where we didn't. And uh, we obviously can't have the turnovers we had today on offense, balls off our hands and things like that. And they took full advantage of it. And uh, they, you know, won the field position that way. And, uh, and we got to make sure we do, you know, we can't have those kind of plays. A couple of times, Andy looked like he was, he was let down by his teammates with, with balls that he threw. I mean, how do you, how do you work through that? Well, again, we'll see what uh, when we watch the tape. But, uh, but if, if and when, you know, we got everybody has to always make sure they protect the quarterback. In all, in, all, in all ways. In all ways. Right. I understand. I hear you, Coach. Um, they ran the ball extremely effectively. McCaffrey got off today. Yeah, they did a good job with their, their, their option game, and we didn't do a very good job consistently with it. And we got to, you know, that's something that you have to be conscious of all the time. I thought, you know, watching, watching what you guys are doing offensively, the creativity of the formations from week to week, given different looks, you know, with the same plays. I mean, it, it really looked sharp offensively. That first drive was a thing of beauty. Well, we did a good job, and I think we had one third down in the drive that Andy converted, and, and uh, but, you know, we were able to work it down in there for the score. But we just have to keep, you know, but we got to be consistent throughout, you know, with the, the turnovers, and we get a holding penalty after we have a large gain, takes us out of the points later in the game, and, and those things matter. So we got to make sure we do a better job and not have uh, penalties that set you back. This team is tough at home. You know, the Patriots are the only ones since, like, 2014 to have a better winning record at home. 
and you you know like you mentioned you're I think you're minus four in turnovers that's hard to, hard to overcome you were in the game the whole time yeah well it's difficult to overcome it makes you have to play too much uphill it's Marvin Lewis with uh, Dave Lapham Bengals radio network after the game and look losses are gonna happen and, and here here's the bad part my predictions take them with a grain of salt my god I got week one right then I got week two wrong and I got week three wrong um, you really do wonder though how that final drive pans out how the the second to last drive with the missed field goal by Randy Bullock how those two drives change if AJ Green is on the field we'll never know but I, I certainly wonder how things would have changed uh, I'm James Erpine this is the Locked on Bengals podcast we're going to get to your voicemails I told you call into the Locked on Bengals voicemail line at 513-666-0328 you did I'll respond to a couple voicemails next on the Locked on Bengals podcast but first a word from Vivid Seats. Do you want to go to the Falcons game or, or maybe the home game against Miami? If you're buying Bengals tickets, if you're buying tickets to any event, all you got to do is check out Vivid Seats in the Vivid Seats app. Uh, Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that are going to last a lifetime. You can watch your favorite teams and artists perform in person and they offer great prices on easy purchasing uh, experience. A great, great prices and an easy purchasing experience. And I'll give you one that I had. I went to Wrigley and watched Reds and Cubs. I use Vivid Seats. All you got to do is download the app or go to vividseats.com. It's easy. And with the promo code locked on, you're going to get $20 off your order of 200 bucks or more. So if you're going to the Falcons game, tickets are going to be pretty pricey. And just in general, save some dollars say some dough with vivid seats all you got to do is use promo code locked on go to the app store or google play and download the vivid seats app enter promo code locked on to receive twenty dollars off orders two hundred dollars or more as a new customer of vivid seats all vivid seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100 percent guarantee again download the vivid seats app enter promo code locked on to receive twenty dollars off your order of 200 bucks or more Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. Again, Bengals fall to the Panthers. Still first place Bengals. Baltimore won today, but they still have the edge on Baltimore at 2-1 and one on the season. And uh, yeah, by the way, the way Baltimore looked, side note, that, that's looking like a, a pretty good win, isn't it? Um, that being said, I told you. You call in with voicemails, I'll respond. Let's start with Nick. Here's Nick's voicemail on the Locked On Bengals hotline. Hey, James. This is Nick from Cincinnati, and I just want to let you know I am sick from that loss. Biggest thing to me is that this elite D-line that we we're all really excited about has not come to play. We got bullied by the Colts for a while, only got a couple sacks from Luck, and McCaffrey, there was holes open everywhere. So I don't know if... You know, having no Preston Brown or Perfect is causing that, but that's that's a major major cause for concern. 
And Andy made some bad throws down the stretch, but we still could have won that. I hope we get a big W next week in Atlanta. Nick, I appreciate the call. I appreciate anyone who's willing to to listen and call the Locked On Bengals voicemail. Look, yeah, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. And that was the the shocker. I thought that Christian McCaffrey in the passing game was going to be dangerous. Didn't really consider, oh, he's going to run for a career high yardage. I mean, by far a career high for him. Um, I, I think it's a mixture. Look, the defensive line can only do so much when they're getting gassed in the run game. And, and a lot of that had to do with the linebackers. You need your linebacker play to step up. So as bad as the defensive line was, I think it was a mixture of the Panthers' offensive line played pretty well. And two, Cam Newton's good against the rush. He's good at evading uh, evading things. But but the biggest thing to me and, and the reason they got gashed, I think, is the linebacker play. Linebackers need to raise their, their level of play. Um, so does the defensive line, though. I, I'm not going to lie. If they're going to beat Atlanta next week, they're going to have to get after Matt Ryan. They're going to have to get after him and prevent him from throwing it to all of his weapons. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and, and, and all those guys. Muhammad Sanu, Tevin Coleman out of the backfield. Maybe Devontae Freeman's healthy. So, yeah, I, I totally get your concern, and I think it is a valid, valid one. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Let's get to another voicemail here. Well, this one, this one's about John Ross. James, it's Jeffrey in Fresno, California. Walk me off the ledge. Why aren't we trying to move John Ross? Jeffrey, I appreciate the call. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Uh, what would you get for John Ross at this point? <laughs> I, I mean, move John Ross. He, he to, to me, it doesn't make sense um, for a variety of reasons. Look, I get it. You guys are frustrated uh, about his lack of effort more than anything. But this idea that he's just this awful player and he can't do anything right and he's just awful and bad and bad and bad is, is silly. Like, a lot of you are overboard. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that's Jeffrey, but there are plenty of fans that made up their mind about Ross the moment he was picked. And now anytime he screws up or does something remotely wrong, it's like, oh my God, see, I told you, I told you, I told you. Look, I'm not saying he's played great because he certainly hasn't. I'm not saying I, I, I've nailed this. Uh, Because as of now, it's very much up in the air whether or not John Ross is going to be the guy I thought he was going to be and the player I thought he was going to be when they drafted him. But it's week three. Last year, there wasn't a point where John Ross was healthy. Through three weeks, has it been rocky? Yeah, I think uh, without looking, I think he has five receptions and a touchdown. Um, And obviously today, giving up on the play, that's unforgivable. But this idea that after an injury-riddled rookie season and three games into his second year that he can't play or that he's just awful and that they need to put... I've gotten tweets that say they need to put Alex Erickson in for him to be the deep guy or Auden Tate. Auden Tate caught three receptions. Three in the in the uh, preseason. Played in every single preseason game, had three receptions. That's where we are. John Ross had three receptions today. Like, let's slow it down just a little bit. I get it. I understand your frustration. And I, heck, a lot of it I agree with, especially today. That cannot happen. You can't quit on a play. That being said, one, you only trade players that have a a ton of value. In my mind, that's what I look at. I'm not giving away John Ross right now. And two, I still think he can be a contributor. Again, I, I mentioned this at the top of the show. Tyler Boyd, it was... 365 plus 8, 373 days ago 
September 14th against the Houston Texans. Healthy scratch. You you hear Tyler Boyd on this podcast. I talk to him a lot. He's, he's I'm closer with him, honestly, than I am with John Ross. I've watched the light switch turn on. I've watched him earn Andy Dalton's trust. It can still happen for Ross. How he responds this week is very, very important. And how he responds in general to adversity. But th- this idea that you should throw in the towel on him, I'm not of that belief. I probably won't be of that belief for a long time. Uh, and that's just how I view it. And that's how I think the Bengals should view it. Th- this idea that Josh Malone will come in and give you more than Ross. Josh Malone, on, on one of his lone targets, wasn't open at all, didn't get any separation, and the ball was picked too. If that ball's thrown to Ross, I think he's getting criticized. Malone, it's like, oh, put Malone in. It's just, I get it. I understand it. A lot of you didn't like Ross ninth overall. At the same time, there's no way I'm giving up on him at this stage. Let's do one more voicemail. Again, you can chime in at 513-666-0328. Let's take one more. Hi, my name's Jeremy. I'm calling from Southern California. The game just ended. I want to say the whole game was bad. The defense played bad. Overall, the offense, they played bad too. It was bad coaching, and I think the game the game plan on defense was horrible. It was terrible. It took them too long to try and figure out how to just slow them down. I'm not seeing anything from Lawson again. Like, Lawson is not contributing at all. I think that the offensive line continues to, to have troubles. They're, they're protecting them and hiding things and doing what they can as much as possible, but when it's crunch time, the offensive line is failing. It's completely failing. Went to the, the Panthers, you can tell they didn't scheme against the offense. That's why a lot of the weapons are running free in the first half. But when they needed pressure, they got it. When they needed pressure, they knew they could get it. And they did all day long. Anthony, um, Andy, he was bad. He was bad when he, when he, when he needed to be good. He was bad. He was bad. He got it. He did a couple things today that he should be doing all more routinely, but he was bad today. And then Ross, I, I'm, I like Ross a lot. I think he's got so much to offer and to give you so much for this team, but he's just mentally not in it. He's just not mentally in it when he needs to be. He had that, that bomb touchdown. It was, a t- it was a great throw for once by Andy on a deep ball, and he just wasn't running it out. And at the end of the game, if he's alert, he can, he can at least catch that ball. If he's alert, he can make that adjustment. That's, he's an NFL wide receiver, not a high school wide receiver. He can make that adjustment. Andy threw it too soon. Andy had more time than he thought, but still, it was just, just a really bad game. Very unimpressed. I mean, and they look terrible against the run. Terrible against the run. I just, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that. Jeremy, I appreciate the call. And look, I'm, I'm with you on some of what you said. I'm not with you on part of what you said. I'll start with what I disagree with. I don't think Andy was that bad today. Finished uh, 29 to 46, 352 yards, two, two touchdowns, four interceptions. One was at the end of the game. And uh, fantasy owners mad that it, it even got picked. Luke Keekley picked him last play of the game, just a, a last second heave into the end zone. Look, I, I get it. Um, and Andy certainly had some bad throws. I think the, the throw to Malone was stupid because there was zero chance Malone ever catches it. Did he know it was going to get picked? No, but it was risky. The first interception, I got to be up front. The TV didn't show um, Ross, whether or not he fought for it or not. I heard he didn't fight for it. I'm also not going to condemn Ross like half of Twitter right now without watching it. Uh, that being said, if if it's a comeback route and that's what it looked like, at least uh, initially, if he's not open, don't throw it, Andy. Um, but I'm not going to blame him. I, I think he played, for the most part, pretty well. He was out his two best players, Joe Mixon and A.J. Green, um, for when it mattered most, like you said. 
I didn't love the throw to Ross that ended the game. I thought it was a, a bad decision. That being said, I'm with you on Ross. You cannot give up. You cannot give up. At, at the very minimum, you should always attempt to knock the ball down. And I think he could have done that. You got to be aware of where uh, the ball is as well. Um, and, and he wasn't. So I totally get the Ross gripe. Now, now the stuff that um, I definitely agree with, it, it, you can't get shredded and gashed in the run game. And that to me, whew. I mean, you're talking 230 yards on the ground, 230. That's not that's not okay, and that's going to have to change. And it wasn't just that. I mean, C.J. Anderson had a screen pass, 24 yards to the end zone, that touchdown. Um, they're going to have to clean it up. They're going to have to fix it. And I think the biggest thing moving forward, as much as you want to talk about the offense and turnovers and John Ross, two things: if they're going to beat Atlanta, one. The defense has to be much better against the run and force turnovers. And the offense needs A.J. Green back, and they cannot not force turnovers. they got to be on the plus side of the turnover differential on the road. You have to be. The Bengals weren't today, and that is a big reason why they lost 31-21. to I'm James Erpine. This is your post-game edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Joe Goodberry going to join me on Monday afternoon for our weekly Bengals film review. Joe writes for The Athletic, and he'll be on to break down all things Bengals. I'll talk to him about both, uh, or all four, or all three interceptions. I'm not counting the last one, but all three interceptions uh, about the defense, about the linebacker play, which was shaky at best, and so much more. Please subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also follow on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked on Bengals. Shout out again, Dan Hort, Dave Lapham, and the Bengals Radio Network for the sound. And until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine. Thanks for listening today on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.